kids a lot of fun to fight them. You know, it's a hell of a hoot. Uh, it's fun to shoot some people. I'll be right up on you. I like brawling. Semper Fi. But if you've been a Marine, you know those words are a battle cry, a greeting. They're Marine shorthand for the motto of the Corps. Semper Fidelis. Always faithful. The Bella Woodsman, Episode 2. This is David. With me is Justin. Mushy Mushy. And uh, joining us is a, a guest host, um, Tyson. Hey, how's it going? Jeff is out tonight. He fell out between episode one and episode two. Hopefully he'll, we can uh, motivate him to catch up by episode three so we can do that little brief. Um, we'll get to the main topic here in a second, but I want to start with kind of a uh, roadmap as to where we're actually going with this with this episode uh, since Jeff is out. So we'll go to the main topic, uh, which is going to be Marines and politics, and uh, Tyson's here to kind of talk about his, uh, his political campaign that he's running, and we'll talk about that more in a second. Um, he'll give a little bio and talk about his... Uh, his uh his history with with me personally and with uh with the Marine Corps and then with what he's going on what he's got going on now, and rather than having a Liberty brief this time because Jeff is out, I'm gonna have Justin do an Olympics update, to so we can tell us kind of how <clears throat> how great America's doing, and then we'll get on to the the current events topic, which is the presidential campaign which we've been talking about in the last episode. Uh, today it's gonna be about Hillary Clinton's fitness to be Commander in Chief. And we, I suspect, all of us have a lot to say about that. And then we'll conclude with our memorial moment. But uh, to start things off, um, Tyson, would you mind introducing yourself and talking about what you got going on? Yeah, sure. Thanks, David. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, David Rainey and I, we served in the Marine Corps together in 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines. Uh, back in 2003, we were involved in the invasion of Iraq and uh, the subsequent occupation, at least for eight months or so uh, before we came back uh, and got out. Uh, and we've kept in touch, uh, like a lot of us over the years. Uh, it's not always been easy, and we've all had our our own transitions, uh, successes and failures, uh, but we've always been there for one another. And uh, that's certainly been key to uh, my successes is the continued camaraderie with my brothers. So um, I'm... As you mentioned, David, I'm now running for office uh, here in Morgan County, Illinois, where I'm from. I was born and raised here. I went to grade school, middle school, and high school here before the Marines. Uh, and when I got out of the Corps, I came back here uh, to familiar territory. I didn't get into college right away, uh, although I did take a couple of terms. I, my PTSD at that time was... Uh, too much uh, for schooling to bear, so I went into trade school uh, to the Motorcycle Mechanics Institute uh, down in Orlando, Florida, and after 15 months or so, I became a certified Harley-Davidson technician. That was during a time of uh, Orange County choppers, West Coast choppers, and I thought that was going to be a, a good industry to get into, and I ended up landing a job in Dallas, Texas at a well-known bike shop called Stroker's Dallas. It was a destination of sorts. And I hmm. got into the industry and, and worked on bikes for almost a year until I took a trip down to Austin to visit my roommate for motorcycle school. And that night, uh, I ended up getting stabbed by a 
complete stranger ten times with a K-bar almost killed me. The near lethal blow was uh, he stabbed me not just down the side of my face, which is a scar I see every day, but he punctured my jugular. Uh, and we tussled around for 15 seconds or so. Uh, I stumbled uh, over a curb and landed on top of him in the mount position. And as soon as my knees hit the deck, I kind of put my hand up and my neck was squirting blood like a water fountain. So in a nutshell, I flatlined twice, uh, came really close to dying. And after that, uh, I tell people it's one of the best things that ever happened to me because uh, it really made me uh, reshape, uh, rethink most things about life. So I came back to Illinois, re-enrolled in school, um, and have been kind of a just a, a truth seeker ever since, really, uh, which led me to where I'm at now running for office. Uh, I came back from law school, and about the time that I got back, the Illinois State Police had just concluded a year-long investigation into allegations of corruption, theft, intimidation here in South Jacksonville, a small village that I live in, about 3,500 people. And for what we believe are political reasons, no prosecutions occurred, even though there was blatant evidence of uh, theft of thousands of dollars, uh, all kinds of embezzlement schemes, you name it. Uh, and it was when a local journalist foiled the state police report and put put it online, made it public, that we all as a community got to see what had happened. Uh, so I ended up getting involved personally uh, by filing. Uh, in the state of Illinois, we have a state ethics act, which required local municipalities to enact ethics ordinances, which enable citizens like me to file ethics complaints against corrupt officials, which is what I did. And three weeks after the filing of my complaint, within three weeks, the mayor, police chief, and treasurer had all stepped down. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get equal justice under law, however. They, the, the, the local criminal justice system uh, has bent over backwards to protect them and God knows what else that we haven't uncovered yet. Uh, but when I realized the embedded nature, the systemic corruption here in central Illinois on the local level all the way up to the state level, that's when I decided that I had to run for office. And one of the pillars of my campaign is ending corruption uh, because I believe, as many of us believe, that all politics is local. And if we're going to re restore the Constitution in America, I believe that we have to address public corruption before we can do anything else. And I truly believe that public corruption is bankrupting this nation. And if we don't get a handle on that, the national debt will continue to climb uh, and all of our problems will continue to linger. Uh, we just got to get honest people in office who aren't in bed with uh, you know the elite power holders, the status quo, and that's what I intend to offer. So, uh, in just, a long-winded answer, there. <laughs> it's it's all right. And as an aside, <clears throat> as you, if you're listening to this, you and you've listened to the first episode, you probably figured out, or you will figure out soon, that uh, Tyson and me and are on different sides of the political spectrum. Uh, but we both kind of have the same um, sort of drive and passion to um, 
to, I guess, serve the people of our communities. I ran a campaign two years ago, actually, against a 30-year incumbent who um, hadn't set foot out of his house in probably a decade um, and made him get out of his house and actually go out and walk door to door, um, which was actually which, – which by itself was, was a, a reward to me, even though we lost. Um, you know, when you get – my opponent raised $250,000, and I raised about $10,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you get, you get crushed. It, it's, it's hard to win getting crushed like that, but – but, you know, the way I looked at it, he spent a lot more for every vote than I did because I still got 40%. And, uh, right. and, and you know, but uh, – and Justin actually walked door to door with me about uh, probably two or three times um, yeah. during the campaign. It was hot, too. It was, it was hot, yeah. <laughs> and it was cool to be able to walk up to doors and, like, um, and uh, tell people, you know, they'll say, you know, it's awful hot out here. And you can always say, hey, it's it's hotter in Iraq, uh. which, by the way, it's, which, by the way, is – you know where I served, and it's a good it's a good segue into the uh, you know your your biography a little bit. People are impressed by that, and um, and you know what, I, I was really not ashamed at all of telling people that um, because I think it's an important part of of my story. I think Tyson's probably the same way that it's an important part of the story that you know we we came from a background of service, and that's kind of what we're still committed to, and um, I think it instills Absolutely. a certain. Lo- a certain level of um, of responsibility for yourself, for your community, and uh, and for each other, whether it's your your brothers that you served with, or your local community, uh, in general. But uh, I appreciate that uh, that 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 real quick bio that you gave us. Um, and uh, I don't know how quick that was, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good. Um, <clears throat> so um, tell me real quick if you don't mind. Um, How's it? Um, tell us about your opponent. What's what? Uh, what's up with him? Is does he have? Is, does he have any service? Do you have anything to say about him at all? Well, not really. I mean, I don't really think about my opponent too much. He's not a veteran. Uh, I can tell you that that uh, he's not mm-hmm. from the county. Uh, his campaign is being run from outside of the county. He lives outside of the county, uh, and I just tell you, you know, here in Central Illinois, where I'm from. I was born and raised. Uh, these are a lot. This is an agricultural area. Uh, this is a blue-collar area, uh, and you know, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, I know for a fact that it makes a difference whether you know uh, what communities are all about, because you can't really adequately represent people or uh, put them uh, in in front of the man, so to speak, in a court of law if you're totally out of touch with the community. So um, mm-hmm. he's he's definitely an establishment guy, uh, comes from one of the wealthiest families uh, in Springfield, in Sangamon County, which is the next county over, uh, is a, you know, uh, has been running for office, no shit, for seven years uh, and losing campaigns. So wow. uh, uh, I can paint a very stark contrast just knowing that, that much about him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a competent uh, attorney, um, but I offer what this county needs, I believe. And quite frankly, in my veteran circles and probably your guys' as well, we talk a lot about, you know, look at how fucked up the federal and state and local governments are, and golly, if we just had more veterans in office. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is, and it's not just – 
the fact that we need that kind of a viewpoint. But, for example, there are specific initiatives uh, that I want to put into place, like a veterans court, uh, because uh, it's, a, it's a thing that's uh, catching on across the country. It's an alternative. You probably know about this, David. Uh, here in Illinois, at least, in 2010, the Service Member and Veterans Service uh, Treatment Court Act was passed, which basically enabled counties to make veterans court. It's a, def a deferment, diversionary program that uh, rather than uh, being uh, adversarial as a typical you know, prosecution is, it's a totally different setting with the focus on getting to the underlying issues and getting the veteran the help that they need. Whatever the case may be, there's no restriction on age. There's no restriction on what time period that you served in because uh, as science and studies are starting to show, you know, and as, you know, older veterans will tell you, you know, flashbacks and, and memories will come back in, in a heartbeat. Uh, mm -hmm. So we, I, I'm, I'm glad that the legal system is starting to recognize this stuff, but that it goes back to the point of we need veterans in office because, again, it's been the law for six years and we don't have a veterans court here. Uh, and I'll be yeah. damned and if I'm uh, in an office a day and, and not working on this. I've pledged uh, to have one operational on the Seventh Circuit within my first year, and I intend to have that done. So, Yeah, I think you and I had this discussion briefly on Facebook that we have actually had a veterans court here for, I think, two years. And uh, it's really interesting. The, the biggest problem we had was identifying veterans at arraignment and um, – and finding the ones in the system that are eligible because a lot of them aren't because of uh, you know their discharges or because of uh, 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 felonies afterwards or whatever. I don't know all the all the curriculum the necessarily. Nuances, sure. Record, yeah. previous record, or types sure. of crimes, or you know. Yeah, and they'll accept, and, and at least in Jefferson County, they'll accept misdemeanor violent crimes, but they won't accept felony violent crimes. But regardless, it's a good tool for for defense attorneys and for prosecutors to use to get things to the people who need them. Um, That's right. And I know I know drug court. I don't know if you guys have that or not. But we have we have we drug do. court here, which, which is similar, which is really for everybody. But um, but veterans court deals specifically with people who have combat experience, PTSD, things like right. that. That that uh, put them at a disadvantage to everybody else when it comes to good behavior, basically. Sure. Um, but, um, but yeah. Um, Justin, do you have any questions? No, I actually never heard of Veterans Corps. I learned something new tonight. That's, uh, yeah. that's interesting. I would deal with a lot of them uh, in EMS because uh, a lot of homeless, the homeless in Louisville um, are veterans, and they mm -hmm. usually pick them up intoxicated um, and take them to the hospital to the emergency room for no reason other than being intoxicated. And there's actually not a, nobody does anything as far as like the police, are like, okay, he's drunk. So you ambulance people take him to the hospital. And there's never like a, a, a solution to the problem. Cause it's the same people all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's, I didn't know there was even a veterans court and there's, yeah. there's definitely nobody doing anything about at least that side of the problem here. They don't charge them anyways. I mean, they don't, they don't get yeah. cited for drunk in public or anything. They just get in the ambulance and go to the hospital. Yeah, and it's it's it's. I think it speaks to the underlying mental illness problem we have in this country, or treating it at least. Right. Um, because there's a there's a category of people out there, and I would say I, I don't know have any I don't have any statistical proof of this, but I go on a limb and suggest that a disproportionate number of them are veterans. 
that that are in like in the gray area where they don't necessarily, you know, the police don't want to deal with them, and the general public kind of pretends they don't exist, uh, but no one's willing to step up and do something for them. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so I think that's that's um, I don't know. Well, and these are things that again, you know, in order to understand a veteran. Uh, it's really one of those things that, like, only a veteran really understands, you know, like if you mm-hmm. go into the VA and you're talking to a civilian bureaucrat about this or that. Um, it's just we're passionate about helping one another, and that's, you know, really where a veteran driving a, a veteran's court is is an obvious match. And, um, Tyson, I know you were um... – I know this from Facebook, and I remember, and I think I may have seen you actually on the news a few times. Uh, you were chairman of Veterans for Bernie. Um, well, I, I wouldn't call it chairman. I just um, was. I, we can, we set up a chain of command structure, so to speak, just to help organize ourselves, and I was the director. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I. I I still admire Bernie Sanders uh, so much, uh, much more than his opponent still to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's it's he he's basically everything that Hillary Clinton was not. And uh, when I started, when I went to his first campaign event in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, uh, I I didn't really, you know, I didn't know that much about him other than. I knew that he had our back as veterans like a mofo, you know, like seriously. Uh, He'd been given awards and everything. Um, Just outspoken on behalf of veterans. You know, if you can't afford to take care of veterans, uh, then don't go to war. And I, in my heart, uh, with my experiences and seeing the experiences of other guys and girls, you know, I thought a President Sanders wouldn't let that shit happen. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that, along with the fact that he he just simply isn't corrupt, he's not a bullshitter. I don't agree with him on on certain things, and it's unfortunate that we never got a chance to talk about uh, AR-15s because I'd have to pull him back, <laughs> pull him pull him back to the middle a little bit there. Say, yeah. Bernie, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I need my AR. But, well, I'll tell you something about that that campaign, the primary campaign. I'll talk about this more in a second when we get to Hillary. Oh, man. Was that there? There really, there really never was, in my opinion, a discussion of ideas at all. Um, a discussion, at least. There was, there was, there was, there was. Uh, Bernie Sanders, um, from my perspective, you know, we probably disagree on a lot, but I will say this: at least he was the person that he said he was. That's how, that's minute. exactly right. He's he's genuine in mm. the face of. This, I mean, Hillary Clinton is one of the most prepped and groomed and just non-genuine candidates, in my opinion. I mean, there's people that would disagree with me that just love Hillary, but, you know, just they, you couldn't paint a a bigger contrast, I didn't think. I've always thought of him as kind of like a, during the campaign at least, I thought of him as kind of like Ron Paul on the Republican side, kind of like, you know. I am who I am, and take me for what I for what I am. Uh, yeah, and, very much and so. And I don't yeah. think anyone can question, you know, his desire uh, to make America great in the same way that Donald Trump did. And and honestly, a lot of the things. I mean, Donald Trump. Where do we start? I mean, the guy's insane. But there's there's things <laughs> there's there are policies that he's put forth though that are good. And the fact that he wants to put America first 
I'm right there with him on that. Like, I just, yeah. I wish more politicians would talk about that. Like, fuck the rest of the world. Let's, you know, whatever we got to do, we can argue about and debate about how we get there. But yeah. we we need to stop kissing the rest of the world's ass and paying for everything else in the world while we're literally falling to shit. Sorry, I'm going on a little rant there, but that's all right. Here, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, awesome. Um, all right then. Let's transition <laughs> over. Let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about Hillary Clinton. Why don't we? <laughs> Hang on. Well, I'll do this first. We're gonna do a little. Uh, Palate cleanser first. Oh, and, uh, we need it. You got some ginger for me? <laughs> <laughs> Justin's going to give us our Olympic update. As of right now, the USA is leading the medal count with 22. The Chicoms are behind us with 17. They actually have seven golds to our six, so technically they're ahead. But in the overall count, we are, again, showing that we are the greatest country in the world on and off the field. Woo! One of the more interesting things, golf is back for the first time in 112 years, and huh. rugby is back. It's, <laughs> it's not 15s, it's 7-on-7 seven seven rugby. Matches last seven minutes, the championship matches. I'm sorry, there's two seven-minute halves, and then the championships are two ten-minute halves. I tell you what, I watched the women's uh, rugby, and that is something that when football's over and you're stuck with the NBA, uh, baseball, and soccer – I would watch women's rugby all day, every day before I ever watched any of those other crap sports that they, that, that is not football. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> these, these, did anybody else watch any of it? It's actually really good. I, I have, I've only watched pieces of it. I watched uh, Michael Phelps last night, okay. um, getting, uh, trying to psych out that, uh, <laughs> South African dude or whatever. I'm not sure what was going on there. It looked a little kind of homoerotic or whatever, frankly, but, uh, I saw the, <clears> the women's rugby and I, I first of all I thought this exists and then my second my second thought was holy cow all of those girls could kick the crap out of me like literally yeah. pile drive me into the ground. Well I, I think I mentioned on Facebook yesterday that I, I first turned it on for the first time and it was uh it was men playing beach volleyball. And I was like, <laughs> "Eh, I'm good. I, I, I'm all right. Yeah. I, I've seen Top Gun. I don't think I need any more than that." <laughs> Well, we know America already has the uh, the gold medal in slaying bodies. That's, you know, this is true. Globally. World yeah, champion. That's right, over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. At least, probably going back further than that. Uh, we're, but, uh, we're doing pretty good. Ledecky, right, as we speak right now, Ledecky is swimming in the 200-meter freestyle. Uh, and she, if you've never seen Katie Ledecky swim, not only does she smash world records, then she comes back and smashes her own world record that she just set, like two seconds that's in the right. pool. She's insane. I mean, I'm swimming thanks to Michael Phelps over the last 16 years has actually become something that people watch. And this chick has got a long. What's that? Every four years. Yeah, every four years. Yeah, that's the thing. But she's got a a really great Olympic future ahead of her. And the the whole the whole state of American Olympics looks pretty good for the most part from what from what I've seen. I watch a bunch of different things today, but swimming. You watch the uh, you watch the basketball team at all? No. Yeah, see, it doesn't interest me that much anymore. It was a lot cooler back in the '90s when it was uh, Larry Bird and Magic Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, Dream, yeah, Dream like, Team One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys were were awesome. But like, oh, watch man. this team now, and it, it's like, uh, and they're good. But oh, cousins, to me, it doesn't seem like Cousins is, no, is the only team. Kentucky, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kentucky Wildcat. Yeah, he's on. Well, Anthony Anthony Davis on there too. He was four years ago. Uh, he's yeah. not this year. 
Brow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. The Brow. Yeah. I, I actually, I actually prefer the Winter Games. I know I'm in the minority there uh, because I like the hockey and and the uh, the bobsledding and all that. Oh, Winter's great. But, yeah, Ledecky just won, by the way. Nice. Another, Sweet. another gold. So. so now you can go back. People who are listening can go back in <laughs> time and figure out exactly when this was recorded. <laughs> That's right. So, all right. So, uh, hang on. Current events. Let's see if I can play the intro music to the current events topic. Hang on. I would bomb the shit out of him. He came, he saw, he died. <laughs> These candidates make me want to vomit in terror. <laughs> All right. Last week we talked about Donald Trump. Next week it's going to be about Gary Johnson. Uh, and we'll probably get down the line to the peripheral uh, nobody candidates that no one's ever heard of. Um, Jill Stein and Daryl Castle, those people. Um, but the topic tonight is Hillary Clinton's fitness to be president. Um, and, uh, we all kind of have probably definite opinions on that. And something I've noticed, this is just, I'll kick off the conversation with this. And I've been watching the circus on Showtime. I'm not sure if you all watch that or not. Um, and I've noticed that Hillary Clinton is in a, a bubble. Um, Mm -hmm. they all are. And, and, and as well, especially Hillary, because, she never lets anyone close enough to her to talk to her about anything. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's concerning, I think, because it's hard to get a real gauge on, on really who, who you know who she is, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's so like vague and opaque and, and hard to really get a grip on. And when she gives speeches, it's all this, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. The mealy mouthed pep rally talk. And I noticed the other day when there was a protester, I think, to interrupt her speech, she was just totally just dismayed and confused by it all. Um, so, you know, last week I think we talked about how Donald Trump can't go around calling leaders, leaders of, the free, of the other countries losers when he's commander-in-chief because he's speaking for us. The question, I guess, is does Hillary, in that bubble and so in need of, like, I guess being sheltered or whatever – does she have the temperament to be president and commander in chief? What do you think, Tyson? Well, I mean, first of all, I I hate how the argument or the discussion is even framed on the mainstream media or basically anywhere. And what I mean is, if I talk now about Hillary Clinton, about the pros and cons of Hillary Clinton, that has absolutely nothing to do with my support for or against Donald. Donald Trump. Uh, And, Mm -hmm. you know, quite frankly, I'm a little repulsed by our system in general that in 300 plus million people, and there's memes out there and whatever else. I mean, but seriously, these are the two best ass clowns, literally, that we can come up with because they're both (laughs) jokes. uh, And it's it's just unfortunate. And I mean, the rest of the world is looking at us. uh, And I think we do look weak. Uh, with both yeah. of them up there. So, you know, as far as Hillary Clinton goes, uh, I just I don't really even know where to begin. You know, I'm running as a Democrat uh, where I'm I'm from. Uh, somewhat reluctantly, I've been an independent my entire adult life. Uh, and I really I don't like to see things on, you know, the left right uh, scale, really. I, I just try and see everyone's point of, of view and come up with the right decision and, and really not, 
you know, be a Republican or a Democrat one way or another. So, um, right. I, I, but the, the, you know, the, where I was at, at the, at the beginning is I always told myself I would never vote for someone who voted for the Iraq war. Mm-hmm. And like that automatically is like, okay, well, uh, it, that was one of the biggest contrasts between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. Uh, yeah, and if you listen, if you listen to the little the little intro music that I had, there was a segment there, the clip where she talks about we came, we saw he died, where she's kind of gloating was about that Libya? the fact Libya, yeah. where we killed Gaddafi. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like how many you know she she in, she voted for the Iraq War, and then she campaigned in two consecutive elections, well, one in particular in two thousand eight against the Iraq War, yeah. and then she becomes Secretary of State and proceeds to start toppling Middle Eastern dictators. Uh, you know, you got Mubarak in Egypt, and then Gaddafi in Libya, and then they're going after uh, Assad in Syria. It's like, did you learn nothing from from all that? You know, the question that I would have is, as a an officer enlisted in the Marine Corps in a situation where the country is at war, which it seems to be perpetually, um, would you feel comfortable with Hillary Clinton as your commander in chief, Justin? No, absolutely not. Uh, when you look back at Benghazi and what happened there where she sent an ambassador to a place where they had said, this is dangerous, we need more protection, they did nothing. She put them, as not as far away, I can't say that, but she put them far away from where protection was offered by, by the contractors. They had to go in and, and, and actually go in without permission. They, they couldn't even get permission. They couldn't get someone on the phone to say, yes, please go save our ambassador. And then, mm-hmm. and then they couldn't even get help after that, after they were getting overrun. There is no way, shape, or form where she is fit to make decisions where other people's lives are in the balance. She's an yeah. awful human being. And beyond <laughs> that, she's just a bad person. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like her. It's not because she's uh, Clinton. It's, it's just who she is, what she stands for, and what she's done. Now, all that stuff matters, and no. She has no business. No, absolutely not. She has a body count that's like 40 45, something like that. No, she doesn't need to be in charge of anybody else's life, livelihood, liberty, nothing. That's well, don't that's it. don't hold back. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Tell us how you that's really feel. That's, that's just it's just the way it is, the way I feel about her. She's she's just not a good person. There's nothing yeah. redeeming about her, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of, I mean, I read 13 hours and I saw the movie and. um and there were discrepancies in there between the two, but you know the the thing is 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 Hillary's on the hook for for a lot of things that happened there, whether she wants to or not. And the uh, you know the Harry Truman, who was a you know a a man, you know, or, I mean I don't mean that like as a a pejorative towards women, but like he was you know he was a stand up guy. You know, he said the buck stops here, and to just avoid responsibility, I tend to think that if she had actually come out and said something well, to head it off. Well, well, well. Are you suggesting that Hillary Clinton avoids responsibility? How, oh, how, sorry, sorry, how sorry, dare sorry, you? How sorry. Dare, what no, is this no, based no, on? Just one of gold. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, where do we start? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's 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 a yeah it's. I mean, it's it's not just you know she's shown you've gone down the list. As far as yeah. foreign policy, like I always got a, just a crack out of the fact that here she is touting her foreign policy creds against Bernie, 
And mm-hmm. when you compare the two, she's been wrong on everything. How are you? Just because you were there doesn't mean it's good experience. It's hor- you. You've displayed your lack of judgment. You've been wrong about everything. And it's not mm-hmm. just that, but it's also the lack of transparency, like you pointed to, David. I mean, yeah. I really, you know, my parents are teachers, and we grew up blue collar. And when I see Hillary Clinton with her Clinton Global Foundation taking in bribe money from everybody, including dirty, hostile actors that are probably hacking her email at the same time, I want to know what she said to Wall Street banks for $20,000 a minute. And she played coy for months and just wouldn't ever give a straight answer. We'll look into it. Bullshit. You know, tell us. If you're so proud of what these expensive words said, tell us what you said to Wall Street because you're out here telling us that you're going to rein them in. And I really don't think that Goldman Sachs was paying you $20,000 a minute to talk about how you're going to rein them in and how you're going to put the CEO in jail. I think you were probably singing a different tune. You've got uh, the the not just the fact that hostile actors with the email situation and it's multiple email situations i've got a big problem with it's clearly with her server in the basement right where she puts mm-hmm. the it's basically taking an old watts and ibm and having them come and install it in the basement and everyone knows that the sole purpose was to avoid FOIA and accountability and all that other shit and look at what happened. You know, look at all the ramifications. Who knows what information has been accessed? Because I'm legitimately afraid of our top executive being blackmailed with God knows who, who what else. And then you talk about the DNC leaks, where you know they've literally been shoveling bullshit into our faces as you know voters in the Democratic primary and just as American citizens in general. They literally give no shit about free and fair elections. They've been trying to rig it since day one. And the fact that Bernie Sanders won, what, 23 states, got 45% of the vote, I mean, almost <clears throat> won with the whole thing rigged against him. Uh, and there's a report, the uh, Justice uh, Election USA or whatever it was, that did a study that basically found if all these factors weren't rigged against him, Bernie would have won. Uh, so I, I just I, I yeah. Bernie Bernie says get behind her. I just I don't it gives me the heebie-jeebies. And you know as a Democrat, I'm not making any uh, f- friends or uh, in the party. You know the the elite party members by saying that kind of stuff. So I really don't give a shit. You know the the yeah. Democratic Party needs to change if uh, if it wants to continue to have people running under its banner. Well, and I think the consensus here among the three of us is the answer is no. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of as it was last week, but as the last part of this, quickly, um, tell me, I guess, who you would vote for between Hillary Clinton and the corpse of Gerald Ford, Justin. Oh, uh, Gerald Ford, he got my yeah. vote. Yeah, he he would do less damage. <laughs> yeah, just uh, Tyson. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna have to go with Abraham Lincoln. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> My favorite, can, you know, one of my favorites, Land of Lincoln here in Illinois. So, see if we can work some magic there. Yeah, we'll try. Um, yeah, I would go with uh, Abraham Lincoln too because he's also from Kentucky. Uh, so, uh, he was actually born in Kentucky and. Uh, or a southern uh, 
refer to him as the devil <laughs> <laughs> in the in the war of northern aggression. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, before we end this memorial moment from Justin, uh, I'm going to put the um, uh, link to. Well, okay, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to put your campaign link on the in the uh, in the description, but I can link actually the news stories that you talked about with the stuff you've done. So if you send me those news stories, I'll put them in the link to the description. Be glad uh, to. So people can go look at that. Um, <clears throat> and also we're on Twitter. Uh, the Bella, we're actually Bella Woodsman, one word. Uh, it's at Bella Woodsman, and for you ASVAB waivers, you can't spell. Ten percenters. Um, yeah, I would suggest you go you go into a Bing or whatever you got to do and figure out how it's actually spelled because it's spelled the right way. We'll be up on Apple probably as as we are editing this. It'll be up on Apple for download. Uh, please subscribe and rate the rate the uh, rate the podcast. And uh, only if you're going to rate it good because if you're going to be a, a dickhead and put one star, you can just go to hell. It sounded like a Democrat. Stars. It sounded like a Democrat. <laughs> if you're not going to vote right, don't vote at all. No. If you sound like an, a member of the establishment, uh, I, frankly. That's right. Excuse how how yeah. partisan of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I guess the final segment of the show, the memorial moment from Justin. Take it away. Tonight, uh, I remember Lance Corporal Robert Lynch. Um, he was killed in action 24 June 2007 in Iraq. He's from Louisville, Kentucky, and went to Seneca High School. Um, he was a few years behind me. He gra- actually graduated in 2005, so he went. To, he joined Seneca a year after I left, um, and he was he was an ROTC just like me. Like we, our paths followed the same way in a lot of ways. Obviously, I went to the wing. He he was a grunt. He was killed in combat, but uh, Robert Jackson Lynch was absolutely loved by everybody that ever knew him. His Facebook page has a or there's a memorial page for him and. And, you know, on the 24th, it was just full of, of great memories of a, of a life loss, too young, um, but, but, but with his brothers. So, but I remember Robert Lynch. Here's to you, brother. Number five.